If you guys have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 as we're making our way through 1 John. It is an encouraging book uh, and convicting book as well and uh, definitely uh, encourages you in your walk with the Lord. And as you read through it, you know, there's going to be a lot of people you're going to come across in your, in your life, really, and they're going to have different doctrines, different, you know, views, and First um, John is a, it's a good equipping ground, you know, to know what the Word of God says. So on Sunday, if you guys were here, we looked at Galatians chapter 5 and talking about God, really, that He is love, and, and, and the qualities of love and and what that all entailed and we looked at different levels of maturity uh, spiritually and the dangers of loving the world and the things in the world and so now John goes on uh, to talk about two things that we're going to look at today it's really the antichrist and this well the spirit of the antichrist and we would say the holy spirit uh, as well. So let's look at the spirit of the Antichrist. Look at verse 18 of John, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. It says, My little children, it is the last hour. And it is, well, my little children, it's the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. And for if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. But you have an, an anointing, an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. And are not writ- I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist, who denies the Father and the Son. And whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore let that abide in you, which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you. And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things. And this is true and is not a lie. And just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him that when he appears... We may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. All right, so go back to verse 18. And like I said, we're going to look at two things today. And you kind of already gather that if you, as, as we're reading through here, you can see the it's talking about the Antichrist, and it's talking about those who are under the spirit of the Antichrist, and it's talking about the Holy Spirit as well. And so, if you look at verse 18 again, little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and now many Antichrists have come, by which we know that it is the last hour. Look at verse 22. It says, who is a liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. In fact, look over about three pages to your right, two or three pages to Second John. Go to Second John, look at verse 7. It says in Second John 7, For many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Uh, look back at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 3. It says, And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now 
is already in the world. So John is dealing with the spirit of the Antichrist, which is only mentioned four times uh, used by John. And this word Antichrist, it's a compound word, and it meaning against or in opposition to. So, and then there's Christo. So there's anti and then Christo. And Christo meaning the anointed one. And so Jesus, the uh, Christ, the anointed one is the proper saying here. He's the Messiah. It means it's it's the same in the Greek, right? The Messiah, the anointed one. And and so it's speaking of those who are against, in opposition to, or adversaries of uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, so turn back to 1 John chapter 2. Go back to uh, verse 18. John mentions two two antichrists. Very interesting. Did you guys catch that in verse 18? Notice in verse 18, my little children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, that the antichrist is coming. So, number one, he is the antichrist. Did you guys catch that? This antichrist is capitalized uh, by the King James translators here to they're doing us a favor here and helping us and it's the name of the antichrist so there's a definite article with the word the right that proceeds the word antichrist so uh he's not the antichrist he is the antichrist very interesting he so the servant of satan we would say right in second thessalonians chapter 2 verse 3 he's known as the man of sin the, the son of perdition. Uh, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, he is the lawless one. In Revelation chapter 11, verse 7, he is the beast from the bottom of this pit. In Daniel 7, 8, he's the little horn uh, of Daniel. So note this Antichrist, by the way, go back to verse 18, he is yet to come. Did you guys catch that? He's yet to come. So the Antichrist will come according to 2 Thessalonians chapter, uh, uh, chapter 4, verses 7 and 8. And when the church is raptured, right, the restraining force, which is the Holy Spirit within us, is, is removed, is taken up from the earth. You and I are going to be caught up, right? We're, we're out of here, right? There's going to be a, a great disappearance of believers around the world, and the world's going to be in chaos. There's going to be craziness happening, right? Everybody's going to want to know the answer to the question, where did they all go? And, and they're going to hear a bunch of people speculating on the news, and this is where they, what, what could have happened, and, you know, and I could imagine the different alien people will be on there. And, um, and, and there's going to be one man, though, rising up out of, the, out of nowhere. Uh, I believe he's probably already in a political scene right now. I think, personally, he's a young guy um, who's going to be powerful and just pushing for power. And... But very interesting stuff is going to be happening. At that, at that time, the Antichrist, he's going, to, he's going to rise on the scene, right? Daniel chapter 9, verse, uh, verses 27. He's going to bring in this pseudo-peace, if you will, right? He's going to make a covenant with the many. And he's going to bring in this one-world money system. And we, can, we already have that, right? So it's not much of a, a, like a whoa, you know, to us because... You, you already heard of cryptocurrency. You could be anywhere in the world and use this currency. So literally online, wherever you are, and it's already, it's already out there, right? So which one is, I don't know. I don't get all crazy technical there. But all I know is it's our, the system's there. There's, he's going to push for one world governments, right? Uh, he's going to push for a one world religion, and, and all eyes are going to be on him, right? He's going he's gonna to come on that scene in the, the, the three and a half years there of the tribulation in the middle. And that's the great abomination of desolation. That's the moment when he makes himself out to be God. And, that, and God says, okay, that's enough. He's not even going to give him a, a month or a week. He's just, boom, the moment he steps into that temple and says, ladies and gentlemen, I am 
everything just falls apart it seems like so uh, very very interesting but that period of time is what we call the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel there in Daniel chapter 9 verses 24 to 27 and uh, Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 7 it's called Jacob's trouble Uh, we would call it um, the tribulation period yeah thank you Um, so question is the Antichrist is he already here I mean, where is the Antichrist? Who is the Antichrist? I don't know, right? In my mind, it could be that, that guy, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, Macroni, right? <laughs> however you say his name. But uh, I don't know. We don't know who he is, right? But I do know about the second Antichrist. Going back to verse 18, notice the Antichrist is not, it's with the S, right? So notice it's plural. It speaks about many antichrist which is interesting it's speaking of people in general right who are adversaries they're in opposition to jesus christ and let's look at five things that pertain to the spirit of the antichrist those who are in opposition uh, to jesus christ and number one they prove it is the last hour they prove it's the last hour notice in verse 18 it says little children it is the last hour and as you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour so that's exactly it says little children by the way if you guys remember on sunday speaking of one who is still growing right not an infant not a new believer but a young child one who could walk on their own they're mature they're getting mature in their walk with the lord uh according to um first john chapter 2 verse 13 and they're those that have the spirit of the antichrist they prove that it is the last hour and that word last hour by the way it's used twice in the new testament it carries the idea of the last days the last times and it speaks of a period of time and or a kind of time um, we are living in and so second timothy chapter 3 verse 1 it says but know this that in the in the last days there's our key word perilous times will come right so clearly we're living in dangerous times we're living in perilous times um, as it pertains to jesus christ right and during this last hour there are going to be many who are in opposition to jesus christ and we've seen this you know in in the in the last 70 80 years there's been a dramatic uh action against the name of christ right 1962 prayer was banned from from public schools when i found out about that when i was in high school my freshman year every single day i made it a point that i'd be at the flagpole and we'd be praying right we'd people we'd all link hands and we'd just be praying i said who needs to do that once a year let's do it every single day right and it was so cool and so nobody ever did anything about that uh in 1980 the the ten commandments could not be in schools the ten commandments were removed from the courtrooms and and it keeps going it's already christmas time right you can't even say merry christmas right (gasps) unless you offend somebody oh no say happy holidays right so when i go to the store grocery shop and they're all happy holidays oh merry christmas right and they're oh sorry but yeah so you 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 could talk about religion in the world you could talk about any type of religious leader in the world and everybody would be at peace with you but the moment you talk about jesus christ all of a sudden everybody's up in arms aren't they they're in opposition there's just all of a sudden this uncomfortableness with everybody around you and they get all tense and you know and you're like okay well let's should we talk about allah or buddha or you know then you go down the list and they're like yeah let's talk about them and but once you bring up christ isn't his name a threat to the world it is because back in remember in verse 17 of chapter 2 of first john the 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 world's against you and i they declare war and it's by your simple conversation it it, it, it's a no-brainer that they're against you because you're for christ and if christ is in you dwelling in you um then it's obvious they don't like 
It's not you. They don't like the Holy Spirit in you. And they declared war. And so it's pretty obvious. But um, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, it says, But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And clearly that's the time that we're in today. Um, let's come to the second thing here. We, we also learn about those who have the spirit of Antichrist is they have already come. They have already come. Notice at the middle of verse 18, it says, uh, Little children, it is the last hour, and as you have already have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come, by which we know, we're confident of, right, that it is the last hour. So many have come, right? The spirit of the Antichrist is here and now. We're already there. So that's why it's so important that we stick to the word of God. Uh, and I can't stress it enough, and I'll never will stress it enough, right? That we need the word of God, church. We need to know the word of God, because what's going to happen with, when the world rises up, and they're going to be very fluent in their speech, they're going to be very influential, they're going to be very, you know, uh, the world is all going to go with your family members are going to go with them they're going to say hey come our way and if you don't know the word of God you're going to go that way you're going to follow any wind of doctrine but if you stand and you know the word of God you're not going to be pushed aside to this way or that way but you're going to know God right and you're going to be able to stand because it's him who is allowing you to stand so if you want to know absolute truth you need to turn to the Bible, right? You need to know the word of God. The Bible says in John 17, 17, Jesus is praying to the Father, and he says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth, right? In Colossians chapter 2, verse 8, it says, beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceits according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to to Christ. Um, and then the third thing here, they, they're not of us. They're not of us. Let's go on to verse 19. It says, they went out from us, but they were not of us, uh, John says. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. So there are many people today in the church who are against Jesus Christ. Doesn't that sound weird? That just doesn't sound right, does it? There's many people today in the church that are against Christ, Jesus. I mean, but it's true. These are the ones that desire programs in the church. They desire, you know, position maybe in the church. But they, but when it comes to Christ and a relationship with him, it's like, nah, right? These are the people you won't see at a prayer meeting, by the way, right? They're like, uh-uh, I'm not gonna go seek the Lord. But they were, they were with us at one point, John said, right? He said they went out from us. So Jesus made it very clear that ravenous wolves would come in and they would not spare the flock. They're gonna devour the flock, right? And so I believe this speaks of the importance of fellowship in our lives as believers we cannot forsake the gathering together as believers guys we we encourage each other whether you know it like it or not the more you're around other believers that's it's a, it's like a spark of fire right you're just going to be ablaze uh, the more fellowship you have and and it's a good accountability as well to have um but, you know, are we saved? Do we have eternal life? Are we born again? And one proof is that we have fellowship with one another. You naturally are going to have that in the Greek called koinonia, right? It's that, that true fellowship that only the believers have with one another. Uh, so understand, wolves don't stick around for long. They, they're not there for a long time. They're only there for a short time, and they're there for a reason, a goal, right? It's to devour. And they're not of us. And if we say we're believers and we don't fellowship with unbelievers, or I'm sorry, we, we, and we do fellowship with unbelievers, it's like, you know, what are we doing? You know, if we have a whole bunch of fellowship with non-believers instead of believers, it should be for giving them the gospel if we're going to hang out with them, if anything. But if you're welcomed with a whole bunch of non-believers, 
there's something wrong. You're not taking a stand. You're not speaking up the truth because if you are, they're going to kick you out. <laughs> you're not welcome back to our party, man. You know, and it, it really, it's, it's, it's amazing because I, I heard this all my life, right? Growing up as, as a kid in the church and then when the moment I decided, you know what, Lord? I'm all in. Let's do this. You do whatever you want with me. I don't care how horrible or how good or over here or over there. Let's do it. As long as it's you, you, you let me know it's all you and I'm all about it. And, and the moment I dived in right with my heart, um, all my friends, gone, right? I used to be, I, I knew a lot of people at school. And then the, everybody at school, they would come up to me and be like, they literally they'd look at me and be like, who are you? What happened? <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's a good confirmation. But it's it's true. There is there. There's got to be a change, and it's got to be from the Lord and not from you. Um, so notice, uh, well, Hebrews ten twenty five, right? It says, "Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some." But exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So that's me being obedient to the Lord and just trying to exhort you guys. Um, let's come to the fourth thing here. They denied Jesus Christ. They denied Jesus Christ. Notice in verses 22 and 23, it says, Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. In verse 23, it says, Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So those that have the spirit of the Antichrist, they deny the person of Jesus Christ. They deny the deity of Jesus Christ. That he's, he's God Almighty come in the flesh, right? And so uh, speaking of the false teachers, by the way, in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1, it says, But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. I think it's funny how uh, these you know, whether it be the Health, Wealth, Prosperity group or this group over here, whatever groups it is, you know, you can tell that they're, it's very watered down. They have the watered down versions if they're going to teach the Bible, right? But these are the churches that they make you feel horrible if you have a Bible and you're coming to church and everyone's looking at you like, whoa, what are they doing here, right? And But these type of churches, they won't teach through the book of First Peter, Second Peter. They won't teach through First John, right? I, I dare you, look it up in the archives of these churches. They stay away because that's what exposes them. It's like a, a magnifying glass showing who they are. Imagine them teaching expos, expositional through the word of God like that. They would be exposed and everybody would be like scratching their heads and be like, wait a minute, that's you. <laughs> so, hey, get out of here. So this is the most important question as it pertains to our eternal life. Who do you say Jesus Christ is? Because that's, that question alone is, it, that, psh, that's heavy, right? Those with the spirit of the Antichrist, well, they deny his deity. And you'll find many cults today, they deny who he is, that he is the Messiah, right? But some say, well, he's a prophet like Muhammad, right? Or some say he's a good teacher. That's all he is. Some say he's a spirit brother of Lucifer. Some say he's Michael the archangel. And, but Jesus is none of those, right? He is the Messiah. He's the Christ, and there's no question about that. The Messiah is God Almighty, right? He came in the flesh. He died on the cross for you and I, that we would have life eternally in fellowship with him. And so you might see this verse, by the way, this, this month on your Christmas cards. You guys, can you guys guess what it is? It's an Isaiah, little hints. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So that means Jesus Christ is God Almighty, right? Paul said in Titus chapter 2 verse 13, he said, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So Thomas said of Jesus in John chapter 20 verse 28, he said, my Lord and my God, 
right? Putting both together, that's the deity, right? God himself says to the Son in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 8, he says, but to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. Even God himself calls Jesus God, right? In John chapter uh Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 10 verse 30, he says, I and my father are one. And in fact, and Jesus uh, told Philip in John chapter 14 verse 7, he said, if you've seen me, you have seen the father. Uh, Romans chapter 9 verse 5, Paul calls Jesus Christ the eternally blessed God, right? In John chapter uh, I could just keep going, right? John, and in, in, in 1 John chapter 5, verse 20, he, uh, said, he calls God the true God. Um, and so what, it, what, what you believe about Jesus Christ is really going to determine your eternal destination and where you're going to go and where you're going to be and who you're going to be around, right? Um, so let's come back to 1 John chapter 2. Let's go to the fifth thing here. It's they, they are deceivers. They're deceivers. Notice in verse 26, it says, These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. The, by the way, that word try to, did you notice it's in italics? It's not really there in the original text. That word deceive, by the way, um, it, it means to be led astray, to be pulled uh, of the right path, off the right path, and on the, on the wrong path, right? Um, by the way, turn to 1 John chapter 3, go to verse 7. 1 John chapter 3, verse 7. It says, little children, let no one deceive you. Go to 2 John, 2 John, chap- well, verse 7, <laughs> chapter, chapter 1, verse 7. Um, it says, for many deceivers have gone out into the world who do, not, who do not confess Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. So there are false prophets, false teachers who are trying to deceive us, getting us off the right path. And they'll guide us away from the truth by telling us and understand and hear this, by telling us things we want to hear. We got to be very, very careful about our own hearts. Why? Jeremiah says they're deceitful above all things. Who can know it, right? And we got to be very watchful. People don't want to hear that they are sinners in need of a savior, right? Who wants to hear that? But if you hear it, that's eternal life that you can find in Christ Jesus. Because once you realize that you're in need, that's when you'll, you'll reach out for a savior, right? And you'll reach out to the Lord. The Bible, by the way, is the final word. The final word. That's why it's important that you do not believe a single word that I say, by the way. Don't believe anything that anybody says, in fact. Because it's the word of God alone that we should be believing. Amen, church? And that's it. And so we need to be, you know, that, that's the Bible, the plumb line, right? For the truth. That's how we find the truth. It's in the word of God. And we need to be like the Bereans in Acts chapter 17, verse 11, and how they sought out the word of God. And they, they uh, confirmed whether it was true what Paul was talking about to them. And they searched the scriptures daily. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 it says, test all things, hold fast what is good. And that's exactly what we ought to be doing. How do I know what is true? Well, if it feels good, if it agrees with my heart, right? If it, you know, if it agrees with my inner soul, yeah, I just feel it. I just know it. I just, it, it's a feeling I got. No, right? That's, that's not how we do things, right? Church, we, we look at the word of God and that's, all, that's it. That's all, right? There is no other option. It's not about the feeling because the feeling could be the pizza, right? <laughs> right? Really could. Oh, I don't feel like it right now, right? But so let's go on to the, go back to First John chapter 2. Um, let's come to the second topic here, the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Let's look at the Holy Spirit, right? Look at verse 20. It says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. In fact, go down to verse 27. 
It says, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true and is not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. And by the way, I'm jumping around a little bit because it's, it's all there in the context, but John, he kind of he jumps a little bit as well. So I'm trying to go with the flow with John here. Uh, but in this section, it deals with the Holy Spirit, right? The, that word anointing, by the way, um, charisma means to smear or wipe, right? Which is very interesting. To wipe something or someone with a purpose. And for example, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, God told Samuel to take the horn of oil and to anoint David, right, as the new king of Israel. And it's also used of the priest and the tabernacle. Uh, Aaron had anointed the tabernacle and the furnishings um, and in putting oil on it, right? Um, in the New Testament, it's also used... Um, in the, in the context of healing, you guys remember in James chapter four or 5, verse 14, it says, If is anyone among you sick, let him call the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. So very interesting. This is speaking of the Spirit of Christ because who does the anointing, right? So look, look at verse 20. It says, but you have an anointing, but notice who is it from? From the Holy One, and you know all things. So this points to the Messiah, who is the Holy One. David, in, in Psalm 16, verse 10, pointing to the Messiah, he said, For you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Uh, in Acts chapter 3, Peter, after healing the man, called Jesus Christ the Holy and Just One. And, and the anointing that Jesus gives you and me is the spirit, the same spirit that Christ had as well. Uh, and, and, and because of time, we don't have time, but there's a lot of scriptures, even in the Old Testament, of what the, the Holy Spirit would be upon the Lord, upon Christ. So question, does he anoint us for a variety of things? Yes, absolutely. He definitely does. What, what is the anointing that John is speaking of here that, that Jesus gives us? I believe it's speaking of the Holy Spirit himself. Because if you notice in verse 27, notice it says abides in you, right? Again, but the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, right? So what abides in us? It's the Holy Spirit, right? The moment you gave your life to him, you received the Holy Spirit. He came upon your life uh, and in your life. And there's seven things we want to go over today concerning uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives as believers, right, as the church. Uh, the first thing is we have him. We have him. Notice back in verse 20, it says, in verse 20, it says, uh, But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. So notice it's indicative in the Greek, that word have, it's a statement of fact, right? So in verse 27, it says, have received. So the moment you gave your life to Jesus, you received the Holy Spirit within your life at that exact moment. The Holy Spirit dwells in us. Romans 8, 11, Acts 5, 32, 1 Corinthians uh, 3, 16, um, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, 2 Timothy 1, 14. The Bible, you could just keep going on and on and on. The Bible makes it very, very, uh, confirms it all kinds of times throughout the word. But we have the Spirit of God living in us as believers um, as we follow Christ Jesus. And isn't that amazing, church? Do we need the Holy Spirit in our lives today? Yes, right? Yes, we do. Um, secondly, we know all things. Notice in verse 20 where it says, we know all things, but you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Question, do you know all things? <laughs> do you know all things think about it some think they know all things right they're the know-it-alls right? yeah i know that right um honestly we don't know all things right we're still students of the word of god we're not teachers we're not masters all right or anything like that this word is a compound word by the way the word know is edo it means to examine to see to 
to pro, uh, perceive, and, and it's to look ahead at something, right? So since we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can see or perceive things clearly um, in light of the Word of God. And so how can we see clearly? Well, it's, it's the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and in Acts chapter 10, if you guys remember on the road uh, to Damascus, Paul, you know, the conversion there in chapter 9. But in chapter 10, he's blind. And, and as he got saved, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And, and the scales fell off his eyes, right? And, and it dropped from his eyes, but he was able to see clearly. That's physically, but same thing. When you give your life to the Lord, it's almost like those scales fall off, right? The blinds have been open, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> you can begin to see things that you never saw before, and, and uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting. So it's through the Holy Spirit that we know anything, right? And, and the, the Holy Spirit will confirm whatever the truth is to you through the Word of God, and that's why I stress devotional times with the Lord, right? Your quality time and just reading the Word, when I say devotional time, I'm talking about just the Bible, right? Not, not another book. Just pick up the Word of God, uh, read through Proverbs, or uh, what I do, I'm verse by verse, so right now I'm in Ezekiel, and, and I'm like, Lord, speak to me about this, and how in the world did you speak to me through the book of Ezekiel, and how, where was that? I never saw that before, you know, and it's just, God uses his word, and he will confirm it to you, whatever he's speaking to you on, it's so cool. So the third thing is, well, we know the truth, we know the truth. Notice in verse 21, it says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth. So the Holy Spirit helps us to know the truth, right? And what is the truth? Rather, I should say, who, who is the truth, right? Uh, Jesus is the truth. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the light. No one comes to the Father, life. Did I say light? Life. No one comes to the Father except through me, Jesus said, right? So um, I had it up there. It's not up there. Okay, there it is. But And then look at verse 22 of, of 1 John chapter 2. It says, Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. So we know Jesus is the Christ. And how do we know? It's by the Holy Spirit in our lives, right? So, uh, question, how is the Holy Spirit so important in the life of a believer? Well, 1 Corinthians um, chapter 12, verse 3, Paul said, Therefore I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. It's very interesting how this is all in the Word of God. The only way we can say Jesus is the Christ, right, the Messiah, is through the power and the, the presence and, and really through the Holy Spirit in our lives, right, and the person of the Holy Spirit. So it's only through Christ Jesus that we, we can know anything <laughs> we can know him uh, fourthly let's let's come to the fourth thing we abide in the sun we abide in the sun notice in verse 24 it says therefore let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning if what you heard from the beginning abides in you you also will abide in the son and in the father beginning it's when you gave your life to christ right so we understand the holy spirit abides in us right colossians chapter 1 verse 27 but now we understand that we abide in him very interesting that's what john makes it he makes it so important in fact in the book in the the gospel of john john chapter 15 verses 4 and 5 um John says, abide, what Jesus says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. And neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Amen, church? Amen. Those of you who know the Lord, amen, right? I can't do it, Lord, right? But grapes on the vine, they don't work at, sweat, or toil. They don't try. They don't push. They just abide. And that's what you're called to do. You're just called to hang out with the Lord. That devotional time we were just talking about, 
That's it. You just hang out with the Lord. You draw near to the Lord, right? And as you're drawing near to him, he's going to draw near to you. The Bible says if you seek him, you'll, you'll, you'll be found by him, right? And he'll do a work in through your life. As you go about your day-to-day life, right, your work, your family, your business, whatever it may be, um, God's going to do a work in and through your life. But hold to that devotional time right hold to that personal time and just hanging out with him because that's what we're called to do we're just called to hang out he hasn't called us to put on a cape and become superheroes, right? Da, 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 right here, I'm super Bible man or whatever, right? We're, we're called to just be with the Lord and just hang out with him. Um, so notice, um, and, and by the way, it's, it's what it's, it's Christ that make, he, he does the work in through us, right? Let's come to the fifth thing is we have eternal life. We have eternal life. Notice in verse 25, it says, and this is the promise that he has promised us, eternal life. In fact, skip down to verse 29. It says, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him so born of him speaks to the same it's the same as uh the same word there in john chapter 3 of nicodemus where it's talking about being born again right john mentions two things about eternal life in verses 25 and 29 and number one it involves his promise according to verse 25 it involves his promise Um, notice it says in verse 25 again and this is the promise that he has promised us eternal life hey eternal life it's not based on our performance right we I I don't know how many times I could stress that and still people they'll they'll talk to me and be like hey so I'm trying to do this for my salvation and it's like what (laughs) are you not listening (laughs) it's not it's not about what we can do and perform before God uh, but it's about his promises right you 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 uh, retrain your mind to thinking that you have to do something for the Lord to now just realizing he already did it for you and now you rely on his promises, right? And so 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, Paul says, for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So if Jesus promised it, man, you could bank on it, right? Uh, the Bible says in John chapter 10, verse 28, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Understand, you and I are 100% secure in Christ Jesus, right? Because of the promise of God. That's why. And no wonder why Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 39, he says, Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Love that, right? Secondly, it involves our actions. Our actions. Notice in verse 29, it says, and if you know, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. So practicing righteousness or living a godly life does not, it doesn't produce eternal life, uh, but rather it's the proof that you do have eternal life, that the Holy Spirit is in your life, because if he is, he's producing his righteous acts through your life. So we don't go to heaven based on who we are, what we do, or any of that stuff, right? Um, or it, it's, it's, our actions are the byproduct because of the eternal life that we have in Christ Jesus. And there should be a true conversion. If you really are truly born again, you'll notice it, and everyone around you will notice it. It'll be obvious because this is God we're talking about, right? And he's dwelling in you and I, right? And it's, it's, it's amazing. Let's come to the sixth thing here. We are taught by him. We're taught by him. Notice it says in verse 27, And you do not need that anyone teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things and is true, And it's not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in him. John is not uh, minimizing teachers, but he's maximizing the Holy Spirit, right? And the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. That's why myself, Dwight, anybody that teaches up here, you know what we do before we even come up here? We pray, and we ask the Lord, Lord, 
we need your help. Because <laughs> we recognize we're, we can't. There's nothing in and of us and through us that anything can be good, right? It's got to be the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and that's why I, I choose to purposely uh, uh, make sure that it's a lot of scripture, right? Make sure that if we want to hear the word of God, I don't want to hear the word of God. I don't want to hear this kid's life, right? I don't want to hear all this stories and all of this stuff. I just want to come to church. I want to hear the word of God because that's how we grow. That's how we walk by faith, right? It's not by sight, but it's by the word of God. It's the word of God that builds us up in the faith. And so I want to hear the word of God, and I know you guys do as well. So, But the Holy Spirit is who teaches us. He trains us. He equips us. He does that work in and through our lives as we, what? As we abide in him, right? As we're listening in to what he would have for us, right? Just as these musicians, right? They, they're amazing. I wish I was a musician. I, I get on the guitar, and then I start singing, and my wife comes over at the fire extinguisher. She so what is that? Right? <laughs> no, I was just singing. Sorry, sorry, right? I, I don't have that gift of singing like they do, but... Um, when I close my eyes and I'm singing, I somehow sound like them, right? I think I do until I open my eyes and everyone's looking back at me like, dude. Uh, but yeah, um, so John, John is, is encouraging us and re- relying on the Holy Spirit, right? And we naturally, we depend on others and we, we, we got to depend on the Holy Spirit, right? Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 26, He says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Amen. Right? And it's so true. When you're at that point of need, right, where you're calling out to the Lord, that still small voice just comes out of nowhere. And he speaks to your heart concerning whatever it is, the the cry of your heart, right? And and, uh, you'll hear from him. But listen in, because sometimes it comes from another place, right? Sometimes it's like, leave me alone why are you get away from me all right and then but that's the voice that god wants he wants to use it's just god is a mysterious god isn't he and and uh so sometimes you just got to really stop yourself and stop your for me it's my traditional lifestyle and i just got to be like lord are you you're, you're not in this but are you in this right is that from you and, and you'll he'll confirm it through his word right so let's end with this the last uh the thing here is we have confidence we have confidence notice in verse 28 it says and now little children abide in him that when he appears we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming if you know that he is righteous you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him so not speaking of the second coming when he appears but for the church right in first thessalonians chapter 4 verse 16 and 17 really it says for the lord himself would descend from heaven with the shout with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of god and the dead in christ will rise first so when the rapture of the church happens you and i we can stand confidently right and without shame before the lord isn't that great by the way before we keep going a couple pages my bible it's four pages to the right in jude chapter well why do i keep saying chapter jude verse 24 uh one of my favorite verses it says now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless i mean stop right there right uh, i just fall on my face at that point and i'm done okay that's all i need to know there it is that he is able to present you faultless is that church is that wow i don't even know how to explain that that's just like wow um before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy what right to god our savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen amen so it's 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 not because of who we are but it's because of our security in Christ Jesus based on the promises that he gave, right? This wasn't our promises that he needs to keep, right? Okay, God, here's the contract you sign right here. This is him saying, this is what I'm going to do with you, right? And if you look through history, 
God doesn't go against his word. His word doesn't come back void, right? And, and so we can stand on his promises. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above, amen? And, his, and all the promises are yes and amen in him. So since his righteousness has been imputed to us, he doesn't see us as, you know, our righteousness, but it's his righteousness. So when he looks at us, he sees his righteousness imputed to us. He sees himself on the cross. He sees his bloodshed, and thus we are now cleansed in in a sense, right? We're sanctified. We're able to walk freely in his presence. Boldly we can come before his throne and we can, we can, you know, give him any of our petitions or whatever it is that's on our heart, right? Doesn't matter if he's creating another universe over here. He stops everything. Yeah, what is it? Oh, so-and-so said this about me, Lord. Oh, come here. You know, he's, he sympathizes with us and it's pretty amazing, but he is our confidence. Amen church and so keep that in mind continue to seek his word um, and lord willing the rapture happens but if not we'll have to go on to chapter three on sunday right right you guys want to stand with me let's let's uh let's pray lord thank you so much uh, just talking about how good you are father i pray you would continue to reveal yourself uh, in the hearts of your church, Lord, here, and those who don't know you, Lord, I pray that they would call upon you, Lord, and ask you to come into their life and, and change their life, Lord, that they truly um, would rely upon your spirit, Father, that they would be um, just washed, Lord, by your blood, Lord, and, and re- they would remember and, and understand what you did on the cross for them, that it was all about you, Lord, and you said to Talisai, it is finished. And so I pray, Lord, that we as believers would, would, would look back and realize that it's finished. And if we're attempting and trying and we're anxious, uh, help us, Lord, to place our thoughts on you, place our thoughts on what is good, and allow us, Lord, to just follow you. Help us to be obedient. Grant us the grace that we need, Lord, to stand strong in these end times. And I pray that you would give us discernment uh, towards those who are of the, the, they're deceived, Lord, and they're of the spirit of the Antichrist. And I pray that you would help us to be like Jude encourages us, Lord, to even pulling them out of the fire, Lord, with some. Um, I pray that you would give us that uh, encouragement that we need, that exhortation to keep on uh, knowing your word, Father. It saddens my heart to hear uh, people who say they're believers for 50 years and they haven't even read your word uh, from cover to cover. And so I pray that you would encourage uh, this church, Lord, and those listening, that they might know your word, Lord, and pick up your word before picking up their phone or anything else, Lord. Um, we just love you. Thank you. And uh, we ask that you would be continue to be with us tonight. Protect us on our way home, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.